0: Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Lakers Carpool. My name is James Brooks. I'm your host. The Lakers got a huge win last night, dominating the Houston Rockets 119-96 to close out the series in five games and advance to the Western Conference Finals. Let's get into it. Alright, the Lakers got the huge win, 119-96, to over the Rockets to advance to the Western Conference Finals for the first time in 10 years. Uh, last time the Lakers made the Western Conference Finals, they won the championship in 2010 over the Celtics. i um, hoping for some similar results this year from the Lakers. So, the Lakers played as close... To a perfect game as they possibly could last night and it's funny because I said that in the last episode about game four with the Lakers where they played almost a perfect as perfect of a game as they possibly could so the Lakers played we'll start on the offensive end the Lakers played great team offense the Lakers again had six players score in double figures we have LeBron Anthony Davis Cal Kuzma Markeef Morris Alex Caruso They just all absolutely killed it. And, I mean, and when I say the Lakers played a near-perfect game, they shot 50, I think 51, over 50% from the three-point line, and they also shot 50% from the field. So, I mean, when a team is shooting that well, when the Lakers are shooting that well, they are nearly unbeatable, unless the other team is shooting on par with them, and it's just like a shootout of a game. The uh, it's almost it's almost impossible to be to beat a team like that that's playing that way. So, the Lakers were just clicking all over the floor on the offensive end. Um, and it was great. To, it's great to see the the Lakers play so well as a team and actually not need to be carried by Anthony Davis and LeBron James every single game because that's what I had said earlier. I, I you know, I was making statements that the Lakers need. Anthony Davis and LeBron James to have huge games every single night, and that is the case when not every guy on the team is able to score in a game, In the game, you know, so like if we have one role player that's shooting well, whether it's Caruso or Kuzma or um, KCP, you know, if if we have one of those guys hitting and scoring double figures like mid double figures like 15 16 or so. Then we need LeBron James and Anthony Davis to show up big because the rest of the team isn't isn't clicking as well. But when the when the Lakers are clicking like they did in the last two games of that series, then boy is it I mean, one is it scary and two like they just don't need I mean, they need Anthony Davis and LeBron James to play well, but they don't need them to go off and score Superstar, all-star numbers, which is it's just so impressive that that this team is getting to this point at this time. Like this is stuff that we weren't weren't even really seeing during the regular season, and stuff we definitely weren't seeing during the uh, the seeding games, and weren't really seeing in the first round against the Blazers. But the Lakers really figured something out on the offensive end and are clicking. And are just the ball movement is beautiful. They're crashing the boards. I mean, they finally kind of adjusted to the. Well, it's funny because they 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 found their adjustments against the Rockets. They weren't the ones I was actually thinking that they would adjust to. I mean, at least in the last game because the Lakers shot over 50% from three, which is something that I never really would have thought would have happened with this Lakers team because they're they hadn't been and you know still aren't necessarily a great three-point shooting team it's great to see that they can do what they did um, in that game because you know I mean they were they were winning games shooting in the low 30s from three which is great but to see them actually be able to shoot lights out from the three-point line is pretty unbelievable it's pretty cool to see so um- The Lakers really just are offensively, just to see them passing the ball, hitting finding the guy that's open, um, realizing that when a double team is coming to Anthony Davis or LeBron, just to be ready for the ball to be cutting, to be attacking the offensive boards, you know, it just was beautiful, beautiful basketball. Um, and, and to see the, to see the guys just, you know, Mark, whether it's Markeith Morris or Kyle Kuzma or even Caruso, um, hitting the open shots is a sight for sore eyes for sure. So I'm really happy with where this Lakers team ended the series. It could really, they couldn't have ended it better. Um. You know, isn't it funny thinking back to when the Lakers lost game one, you know, how this team, how this Rockets team was going to take the Lakers to seven games? I just, (laughs) you know, I will, I will admit after the first game, I was definitely a little worried um, about this matchup, about how the series was going to go. But I mean, I still thought the Lakers were going to win in like six, so I, you know, I didn't... I never really lost faith. But I thought it was... If I did think it was going to be a little bit more of a... A closer series than it turned out to be. So, I mean, the fact that this Lakers team... You know, and, and who knows? Like, maybe the people... The, the, the sports talk radio people and the ESPN and Sports Center people... You know, maybe they are just saying stuff to get clicks and views and to be to be kind of out there but you'd think they want to at least try and make the right prediction because saying that the Lakers saying this Rockets team we're going to take the Lakers to seven games now looking back on that like that just is complete foolishness and and I get it the Lakers weren't showing a ton of stuff to provide too much confidence in them but to see it like I to see anyone doubt this Lakers team now, I mean, now they're going to be like, well, they're playing the Rockets, who are small, you know, and the Lakers are a big team, and they actually played well, you know. It's like, okay, well, that's that's the team they are. They have Anthony Davis. I mean, I don't think there's a team in the NBA that really knows how to cover Anthony Davis because the the Celtics have struggled with the, the Clippers have tr- struggled with it. The Bucks had struggled with it. The Rockets obviously struggled with it. So, I mean, like, I'm not sure if there's a team that can cover Anthony Davis or really knows how, like, has a good strategy to go to try and combat him. So, I... It'll be interesting to see from now on how the talking heads, as they're called in, in the sports world, um, kind of start talking about this Lakers team because... I I mean, I think they are, they're definitely peaking to a level that we have not yet seen in this playoffs. And they're doing it heading into the Western Conference Finals. So, it's really, really, really hard not to be optimistic about where this Lakers team is. Um, and for as well as the Lakers played offensively, it's all driven by their defense. So, moving over, talking about their defense, I mean defense in in just about all sports i think defense fuels offense um at least in like football and basketball where like in basketball when you play good defense and you force turnovers and you force missed shots and you can get the ball out especially with how the lakers play like if lebron james gets a quick fast outlet pass to anthony davis down the court or if rondo gets a a, a rebound and a pass out and just pushes the ball up the floor the Lakers have been great at when they get turnovers and get rebounds pushing the ball up the floor and just like sprinting and running all game it's actually very impressive they're they run a ton and when they're playing good defense they're getting like I said turnovers and forcing missed shots from the other team and they're getting the ball off these rebounds or off these turnovers and pushing the ball and getting up the court and trying to get a mismatch or trying to get um more of their guys up the floor before the other teams and things like that so like the Lakers great defense is fueling this this great offense that we've been seeing so it's not like the Lakers offense is just magically clicking and getting better necessarily I think a lot of it really stems from the great defense and and I will say I think that Lakers fans and sports people in general talking about the Lakers were worried about the guard play. And, I mean, I know I definitely was with the Lakers not having Avery Bradley. And I think that Rondo has actually filled that role very, very nicely. Because, I mean, the Rockets are the rocket. This rock that Rockets team with with Westbrook and and Harden and Eric Gordon. They, I mean, in the Western Conference, that's probably the best guard play that that we would see. I mean, between between seeing Damian Lillard, T.J. McCollum in the first round, and then Harden, Westbrook, Eric Gordon in the second round, like that's that's some pretty stellar uh, guards in the Western Conference that we that we met up you know matched up with in the first two rounds and the Lakers played them very very well between Alex Caruso and in the first round and in the second round and then Rondo coming back in the second and in the second round matchup against the Rockets um, really filled that role very very nicely Um, so I'm really less worried about that in this situation And I think that, I mean, I think playoff Rondo is definitely real. I think that he, kind of like LeBron, is playing, well, like everybody, but they're really playing for the playoffs in the regular season. You know, like, why expend all this energy if I don't need to in a random matchup in February against the Jazz or something? You know, it's like, it makes sense. So, like, seeing Rondo during the regular season, come out and be, um, just seem like his, he's just not there, not being, not playing very well, things like that. It kind of makes sense when you think about it. And then Rondo, he's so, he's so like strategic and not sneaky, but like he's, um, he's just like a very smart player and he's very good at um, seeing trends and and just like playing to the weakness of the other team, and that really, really comes out in the playoff matchup when you're playing the same team. Well, in this case, every other day. And so he did a great job, and the Lakers as a, as a whole did a great job at taking their first round or their first game loss in the second round to the Rockets and making adjustments and not looking back. you know. So we didn't get a whole lot of play from Dwight Howard and JaVel McGee um, just because the Rockets play so small that the Lakers actually tried to... Well, I mean, the Lakers, the Lakers did what every team that has beat the Rockets or has, you know, like this is what the Thunder did when they started beating, like coming back against the Rockets in the first round was they out small balled quote unquote um the Rockets you know they just played the same game as the Rockets but just ended up doing it actually better and the Lakers did the same thing where they played Anthony Davis at the five um and and just out small balled and and the Lakers small ball obviously involves a seven foot Freak athlete that can shoot from the three, dribble the ball, and do, you know, turnaround fadeaways from 17 feet out. The Rockets don't have a guy like that. So, I mean, no one really does. But the Lakers small ball is still a mismatch for the Rockets small ball. And so the Lakers just kind of played the Rockets game as well as they could and beat them at, it, beat them at their own game. So um, the Lakers ability to adjust in the series has been phenomenal um and Frank Vogel got a lot of hate for the first game and his rotations and playing Rondo so much but Rondo really turned things around in this series and really showed and proved that he's not only worthy of being on the court but he's if the Lakers end up winning the championship he's going to be a, he's going to have to be and is going to be a big part of that championship win so Talking like going back to the defense side of things, Rondo, I think, is really, I mean, both the duo of like having Rondo and Caruso out on the floor, whether it's at the same time or, or whether one of them's out there and one's on the bench, um, but having both of those guys play the guard position for the Lakers, they're they've really stepped up their defensive game immensely, and it's really filled a void that a lot of us Lakers fans were really worried about, especially going into a series against the Rockets. You know, we weren't sure if we would be able to um, handle both James Harden and Russell Westbrook. And and the Lakers, they never really – they had their strategy defensively, and they never really faltered from it, at least after game one. In game one, they tried to play Harden one-on-one too much. And both, and then he and he just killed the Lakers, and Westbrook and Eric Gordon both scored over twenty points in that game. So just like defensively, the Lakers weren't there in Game One, but they adjusted. They started playing a similar defense that they that they did against um, Damian Lillard, which is what I said. You know, I, that's something that I thought the Lakers should have should have done because Westbrook has the ability to be a good player, but. At this point in his career, he's definitely past his prime. He's just too inconsistent for his own good, where he will go and have 20 points, 25 points in a game, but then turn around and have 13 points and shoot 3 for 14, miss 6 layups. You know, he's just way, way too inconsistent. And he doesn't fit in the Rockets' system very well, because the Rockets... Are very analytical in that they they basically don't let their their team shoot mid right mid range jumpers. They either want layups, free throws, or three pointers because statistically those shots are the you know highest percentage type shots you can take in basketball. Um, and that they have the, the highest value basically. So. Which, like, makes sense. I'm not faulting the Rockets for that necessarily. But that's just not Russell Westbrook's game. So to have that mentality, but then say, Westbrook, you can only shoot threes and layups. Like, the layups thing, he should be fine at because he's so athletic and quick. Like, he should be able to get to the basket and make layups, but he misses so many of them. And then from... He's not a good three-point shooter. So, like, the Lakers did a great job at, at doing what they did against the Blazers, where they... They kind of keyed on Damian Lillard and forced the rest of the team to beat them. They did that with with Harden, where they they focused on Harden, would throw double teams at him and really force Russell Westbrook. Like we would have the Lakers would have rather had Russell Westbrook take a three or have the ball in his hands late in the shot clock than even like Robert Covington or PJ Tucker or Eric Gordon. So the Lakers really forced the ball into Russell Westbrook's hand as best they could defensively and forced Westbrook to beat the Lakers. And he just couldn't do it. You know, he had a couple games where he scored 20, 25 points. Um, But for the most part, he, again, just too inconsistent. He had a couple games where he scored 20, 25, a couple games where he had, like, 13. So, and Game 5 was one of those games where you know, Harden actually played like he got his points. He didn't play a bad game. I think that the the rock the Rockets team is one of those like do or die kind of situations where if it's clicking, it's scary. But if it's not, it's just they have no chance. And and in, in game five, James Harden he he had he had thirty I think like thirty one points. Um, played a pretty good game. But his team didn't show up. You know, we've. James Hearn's gotten a lot of flack in the playoffs for. for not showing up in big games in the playoffs. And. In last and in game five, he. I would say he showed up, but the rest of his team didn't show up. Um, I. I don't have it in front of me, but I think the Rockets. They had a couple guys scoring double figures outside of James Harden, but I don't I I don't think that another guy scored over 15 points for the Rockets aside from James Harden. So they just didn't have it. They looked they looked defeated after Game Four when they got blown out by the by the Lakers, um, and then came out in Game Five and James Harden was playing. He was scoring, but the rest of the Rockets team really just was not, was not there. So, um, but the Lakers, I think a lot, I mean, again, you can, when you're missing wide open shots, that's, that's on you. That's on the offense. Um, but it was smart of the Lakers to take away the easier shots from the better players and force the worst players to be the ones taking the more open shots and and to see if they could you know make shots and beat them so the Lakers did a good job at like kind of taking the risk where they were willing to and where they could where they could take the risk um and then shutting down the parts of the offense for the Rockets that that were truly a threat um so I loved I mean I just loved to see that the, that the Lakers made the adjustment saw that it worked, stuck to it, and just buried the Rockets. Like, in game four, the Lakers were, they had led that game by almost 30 points. They let the Rockets back into it within five, late in the fourth quarter, and then hit a three, sold the ball, hit a two, one by ten. So they ended up winning that game by ten, but they dominated that game. Aside from, they got a little lackadaisical in um, the the last few minutes of the game they got a little little complacent but they dominated that game and then they came out in game five and a game where a lot of teams when you're up 3-1 in a series might kind of take the game off a little bit take their foot off the gas pedal but I think the Lakers kind of saw in a little like a small microcosm in game four where they took the foot off the gas pedal let the Rockets back in the game, and they took advantage of it and almost made the Lakers pay for it. I think that kind of helped going into game five because in the broader scheme of the series, Lakers up 3-1, you know, they could have taken their foot off the gas pedal. The Rockets would have, you know, the Rockets need to win three straight games to, to beat the Lakers, which seemed unlikely. But I think the Lakers kind of saw in game four that when they take the foot off the gas pedal, The Rockets will take advantage, or will they? They'll do their best to take advantage, and so, in in the terms of the whole series, the Lakers kept their foot on the gas pedal and just blew out the Rockets from pretty much from start to finish in Game Five. So, so that was unbelievable, awesome game. It's so good to see the Lakers just dominating games um, and dominating a series. And taking a team that a lot of people said would push the Lakers to seven games and potentially even beat the Lakers in the series, um, to see the Lakers take a team that team and just dispose of them in five games like they did is just pretty... Uh, like I said, it's unbelievable. So, um, looking forward to... Western Conference Finals, so I'm gonna kind of just jump into my, the typical, like, around the league segment that I do, um, right now, because the Clippers and the Nuggets, uh, on Sunday, they, the Clippers were up three games to two, so, okay, let's back, you know, backtrack, if you didn't listen to my last episode, the Clippers were up three games to one, um, the Nuggets, they came back against the Clippers in Game 5 and beat the Clippers and forced a Game 6. So they played Game 6 on Sunday over the weekend, and the, the Clippers had, I believe they had a 19... The Clippers had a 19-point lead in the second half. Um, the Nuggets came back, not, not only did they come back from down 19 in the second half... But they came back and beat the Clippers by, I think, 16 points or so, and forced a game seven. So, the Clippers and the Nuggets are going to be playing a game seven on Tuesday um, to determine who goes to the who will meet up with the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Uh, you know, this Clippers team is a good team. I'm not. I don't. I don't want to take anything away from them but they've there's been a lot of stuff with them where a lot of inconsistencies where they're not they're I mean they have the ability to be a scary scary team but in the last few games they have not been a scary team they've had they've gone up to big leads but they've given up the lead they've played lackadaisically they um are letting teams kind of have their way with them in some way where they're you know I mean it's just like when you get up when you get to a big lead and let it go and not only let it go but then lose the game that's kind of like the stuff where like with the Lakers against the Rockets in game four stuff where they're they're getting up, they're playing really well getting up big and then getting complacent And when you get complacent, it's really, really hard to adjust back to that dominating mentality for a lot of teams, from a team standpoint. Like, some guy, like, I'm sure Kawhi could do it, and Paul George, and, you know, like, LeBron and AD. But even then, even, like, with LeBron and AD, you know, we saw in Game 4, they get complacent, the offense stops moving, um, and then it forces LeBron and AD to, to force up shots late in the shot clock that... You know, are not the best shots to be taking, and so when you get, get complacent, it's really hard to. When you get complacent and the team gets back in the game, it's hard to switch because they then take all the momentum, and the rock or the Clippers are showing that they are really, really struggling with within the games adjusting back and and retaking over the game once they let a team back in the game. So really really interesting to see what happens in game seven you know I didn't think the raw I I mean no one really did but I definitely didn't think the Nuggets Nuggets would take the Clippers to seven games um so the the Nuggets now have come back down 3-1 against the Jazz who they beat in seven games and now they've come back down from 3-1 against the Clippers to play them in seven games so I have a hard time I mean I have a really hard time believing the Nuggets beat the Clippers in Game 7. But that's the beauty of a Game 7 is anything can happen in a Game 7. You know, Jamal Murray can go off for 60 points and carry the Nuggets to the Western Conference Finals. So, you know, I as a Lakers fan, I would love to, <laughs> love to see that. I'd love to see the Nuggets beat the Clippers and have the Lakers face the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals. um, It's possible. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to... I don't... You know, who knows at this point. I would have said the Clippers would have beat the Nuggets in five games, which they definitely should have done. So, um, yeah, I don't... Yeah, the Nuggets... Nuggets could definitely beat them, and wouldn't that be a glorious situation for the Lakers? So... Uh, but even if, you know, worst case scenario, even if the Clippers do beat the Nuggets in Game 7, and they, the Lakers, the Lakers, Clippers, Western Conference Finals, which we've all been, that's all what we've been mentally planning for and expecting, if that does happen, I'm not quite as worried about this Clippers team as I was once before. Um, because the Lakers have struggled, had struggled against them in the regular season, but what we've seen the entire time, like in all the games against them, is they really don't have an answer for Anthony Davis, and they don't really know how to cover him, um, and so when Anthony Davis is the guy, when he's the focal point on the offense, that's when the Lakers are their best, you know, when they have... LeBron and Anthony Davis and KCP and Rondo and you know when they have those guys on the floor and Anthony Davis is still the main focal point of the offense and the, t- the team that they're playing against is having a hard time containing him I mean that's when the Lakers are, th- are at their best because they have not only Anthony Davis who should be in those situations um, getting buckets but then you have LeBron James who is not the focal point of the defense and so can take advantage of the clippers and kind of what he did in the game before um the COVID kind of shutdown or suspension of the game. Um in the fourth quarter late in the game, LeBron was doing what he does so well in like headhunting a weaker defender on the other team. And so he was headhunting Lou Williams the entire time and he had no answer so like Anthony Davis uh, you know he'll have like Montrez Harrell or someone on him trying to cover him and then LeBron will have whoever Lou Williams is covering screen uh, for, his, for him and then the Clippers will switch so then Lou Williams is on LeBron now and LeBron can just take him to the basket, throw a lob up to Anthony Davis, you know, all of the above. It really, the Lakers are strong against the Clippers in those situations. So, um, you know, Kawhi, the Lakers covering Kawhi and Paul George is scary, you know, because up to this point in the playoffs, the Lakers have only really played teams that have one, one real true scary threat on their team you know the the Blazers have Damian Lillard who is a definitely a scary threat and they have CJ McCollum who is a good player but he's not the same level as like Paul George or someone um and then same thing with the Rockets James Harden is like the main like scary threat on the Rockets and yeah they have Russell Westbrook who can who can score points and can be scary but like we saw he's not a huge he was not a huge threat for the Rockets um But with the Clippers, both Kawhi and Paul George are legitimate threats on the offensive end for the Clippers. So that 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 still does worry me. You know who's going to shut them both down? You know we can't do what we've been doing and key on one of them. You know unless I mean unless we want to just the the issue. You know we can't just throw double teams at Kawhi and or Paul George because when they're playing at their best, you know, if we throw a double at Kawhi, um, and Paul George is open, then he's, he, more times than not, is gonna, is going to take advantage of that situation and, and beat you for it, so, you know, unless they're throwing the double team and trying to leave, like, Lou Williams open and have him beat you, you know, I could see that potentially, but... I'll be really interested to see how the Lakers play that game defensively. And, you know, at this point, from what we've seen in both the first two series for the Lakers, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers come out kind of flat in the first game of the Western Conference Finals. Because, again, the Lakers, disp- they almost beat the Rockets too quickly at this point. You know, had the had the Clippers won on Sunday, I would it wouldn't be as bad of a problem. But now the Clippers play their Game 7 on Tuesday. No matter who wins that game, it's going to be, I think, probably two days or so until the the next series starts. So we're probably looking at a Thursday-Friday Game 1 for the Western Conference Finals, I think. So that that gives the Lakers five or six days of rest which is good in in that they're getting rest but I think the Lakers kind of struggle with that with that much rest because they get into momentum they get they're really clicking they're like offensively at their peak playing as good as they ever have and then they stop for five six seven days um and then have to like just turn it back on when the next series starts, whereas the other teams have been coming in with the momentum of winning their last game and then into the next series. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers came out kind of flat again in Game 1. So, again, it's really – if that does happen, it's going to be a lot, you know, all about kind of adjusting and, um, you know – fixing their defensive strategy because it's possible that what they try in game one isn't going to work kind of like what happening against the uh, the Rockets in game one so overall I think the Lakers really have I think they right right now how the Lakers are playing they're the best team in the NBA there isn't a team out there that is going to beat the Lakers if they keep playing like they did in games four and five against the Rockets it's just, that's just how it is, you know, the, when the Lakers are playing that well, they are the best team in the NBA, so I'm really not that worried about any team, necessarily. I think the Lakers, or the Clippers can give the Lakers some trouble. Um, I think the Nuggets could give the Lakers some trouble if they make it. Definitely less, uh, less worried about that one than, than the Clipper, if the Clippers make it, but either team can definitely give the Lakers some trouble if they're playing their best basketball. But if the Lakers are playing their best basketball, the basketball we've been seeing the last two games from the Lakers, then they're, they just, they're the best team in the Western Conference and probably in the whole NBA. Um, so I'm really not, too, not not too worried about either team, but definitely excited to see what happens in Game 7 on Tuesday night against the Clippers and the Nuggets definitely will be a fun one. Um and then just some like housekeeping stuff. I'm wrapping up the show, but just wanted to mention, um on my on if you go on if you look on Spotify or if you go onto my Anchor page, um and probably also Apple Podcasts, um in the description there's a support section for the podcast. So definitely don't have to, but if you enjoy the podcast and you wanna, you know, donate a couple bucks to the podcast it's definitely greatly it would definitely be greatly appreciated um I really do this podcast for fun um and I have ads in it and stuff so you know if people listen then the more the merrier but I really do this podcast for fun but if you do like the podcast and want to um you know donate something to it there is a link in the description it's like uh anchor.fm Slash like Lakers carpool slash support or something like that. Um, I will tweet out the link after this show go after this show goes up. But I mean, anything that you donate to the podcast is just going to go straight back into the podcast. You know, whether that be getting nicer microphone or better equipment or you know who knows. Like maybe this podcast gets big and people donate money um, or. The ad money gets bigger and it helps me buy a Tesla, which is way quieter than the Mini Cooper that I drive. And so the sound won't be so bad, you know, (laughs) Um, that'd be awesome. So anyways, if you feel so inclined, you can support the podcast through the link in the description that you can find on Spotify and Anchor and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers Carpool.